Hello to our freaky family. I'm Michelle. And I'm Candy. And this is Sips of Crime. everybody hello 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 all welcome back to sips of crime your favorite true crime podcast has to be has to be happy thanksgiving yes oh my gosh i'm so excited to eat i am so excited to eat oh my gosh um we have to plan friendsgiving we do need to plan friendsgiving um what are like your normal like thanksgiving like traditions like how do you guys go about this major holiday i mean of course we have friendsgiving um, and we celebrate at, or we go to my side of the family and then, mm-hmm. of course, go to Jordan's side of the family. Um, try to fit all that in. It's hard, but mm-hmm. we try. Sometimes it leads into the weekend. Sure, sure. But um, I make so many sausage balls. I was just getting ready to ask. So, like, whenever we do Friendsgiving, um, and for those of you guys who don't know, um, Friendsgiving is just, like, a time where we get all of our friends together um, to celebrate the holiday completely separate from our families. Mm-hmm. And um, we personally do it as, like, a big potluck style. Um, so everybody kind of has, like, over the years, like, everybody's kind of, like, mastered their dish. Yeah. So, um, like, for instance, like, I always cook the turkey and um, Leah brings, like, the creamed corn and the um, green bean casserole. Brittany makes the... Hash brown casserole. Ashley always makes the pumpkin pie. And, Mm -hmm. like, so, like, we always know that we're going to have, like, a huge spread. Yeah. Um, But we all kind of have, like, our one job. So it's not super overwhelming for everybody to, like, celebrate that holiday because I think that, like, introducing yet another day where you have to, like, make food and get together can be a little stressful during a time when you're also trying to see your family and, and doing all of those things. So, like I said, you always make the sausage balls. For our Friendsgiving and sweet potato casserole. So do you do those things for your family dinner as well? I do. So usually our Friendsgiving and family Thanksgiving Uh are usually right there together. Yeah, we try to do it. Like sometimes it happens before, sometimes it happens after. But we do try to keep it within like a two, three week range. So now my sausage balls I will make fresh every time. Please do. But, um, well, yeah, because you keep some for breakfast. <laughs> Always. Also. But um, my sweet potatoes, I, a lot of times we'll go ahead and make mm-hmm. all the sweet potatoes, like boil all the sweet potatoes, and then I divvy up like one what dish. Need. Yeah. And then I'll either put in the freezer. If it's going to be more than a day or two, mm-hmm. I'll put the other sweet potatoes in the freezer. Mm-hmm. But nine times out of ten, it's literally the next day or yeah. something like that. Or if it is a few days, I'll boil my potatoes the night before Mm -hmm. and then just throw the stuff in the oven when I get here. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We, um, we highly recommend Friendsgiving. Um, It really gives us a time to like, just, you know, I mean, as we've grown up, um, gotten jobs, gotten, you know, into day to day life, we've gotten husbands, we've gotten children, like all of these. Some of us have moved away. Some of us have moved away. (laughs) Um, You know, we always try to dedicate Friendsgiving to everybody coming back together. And it's just a really special time. Um, You know, we just recently uh, discussed 
you know, whether we were going to have our kids there or not. Mm. Like, sometimes we choose to not bring the kids. And that's really special because then we can just, like, hang out as adults, which we don't get very often. Um, And then other times we're like, nope, I don't have a babysitter. We got to bring the kids. And we're all just like, okay, bring them. Like, we're ready for it. Um, And that's also a really special time, too, where we actually get to see our children interacting with each other, which is really special. So, um, definitely. That was the first, um, last year was the first time that we had we like had everybody's kids um yeah it was a house full it was a house full and it was um very hectic but it was also like a lot of fun and very special because Mm -hmm. there was no judgment like Mm -hmm. everybody like we literally just let the kids run rampant and all of us were just like keeping an eye on them like here or there to the group yep yep and you know it's just been like i said it's just a really special time where you can focus on you know being thankful for your actual friends and for your village yeah um so we highly recommend doing that if you guys haven't implemented something like that try it out see how it goes um it's totally up to y'all if you want to keep it totally adult you know kid free i would recommend that as well or if you guys want to incorporate everybody's families you know so um yeah like i said i definitely recommend doing that um yeah thanksgiving for me Whenever I was, so I have family in Georgia, mm-hmm. I have family in Tennessee, and then we, of course, live in North Carolina. And so as I, when I was younger, um, you know, we were really in a constant situation where my family, which is, I, I'm an only child, um, and my mom and my dad, we um, always were the ones that like lived away, right? So we always ended up being the ones traveling mm-hmm. to, you know, to, uh, Georgia and to Tennessee, we tried really hard to split up the times with everybody um, and and just give everybody that grace and everybody the chance to celebrate together as a big family. Um, And then after I had, after I got married and had um, Dakota, I had kind of, I, I just kind of had to put my foot down because I for several different reasons, I, I didn't want first and foremost to attempt to travel with my child. She was very young and it just was not appealing to me. Um, but at that time frame, I also really wanted to like drive home the fact that like Will and I were now creating our own family unit. Yeah. And I've always wanted my daughter to see her family unit as a united front. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always felt like kind of like splitting up the holidays between my husband's family and my family didn't really convey the message I wanted to send to my daughter. This is a totally personal situation, by the way. No judgment whatsoever if you split the holidays between your husband's family and your family. That's totally normal and fine. There's just too many of us for all of us to fit in one. Yeah. um, We gotta split it. (laughs) And so for the longest time, uh, Will's grandmother... Uh, cooked dinner and we went over there and then my mom would cook dinner and we would go over there and we would always like try to figure out like who's doing lunch who's doing dinner blah 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 and so um after Dakota was born I just decided you know what I'm we're not doing this anymore um I really want everybody to gather in my home mm-hmm. in my daughter's home um, and I want her to experience these holidays with everybody involved. And mm-hmm. so I actually took on cooking nice. for the entire family. So I do it all. Um, of course I do, like I said, the turkey for Friendsgiving. Um, but I do everything for, uh, our actual family Thanksgiving. 
Um, so I, you know, create the menu, I buy all the food. Um, I actually really encourage the rest of the family who's attending to not bring anything. It never happens. Um, they always end up bringing like a dessert or some sort of appetizer and stuff. And that's always welcomed and thank, you know, we're thankful for that. But, um, you know, it's just a little bit easier for me to kind of just like do it all myself, take control of that and just like present it, you know, as, you know, here you go. Um, and not to mention, like, I feel like the other family members have done it for so long. Like, it's right. kind of my turn. You know, yeah. like, let me take that on. And it, I, it, it, I almost feel very honored yeah. to be the one who, like, you know, provides our family Thanksgiving dinner. Like, it's just a really special time. Um, and so, like, I, I actually feel very, like, honored to be able to do that yeah. for my family and to bring everybody together. And so it's, um, it's very special. And um, I think it's awesome that everybody is also just kind of, like, allowed to celebrate the holidays that we did. They want to do it. Yep. You Whatever know? works out for you and your family. Exactly. And I think that that's a, a really empowering um, kind of thing to be able to like take control of. With that being said, we hope you guys have a fantastic holiday. Um, we're going to be drinking something a little outside of Thanksgiving, though. We're kind of yes. taking it back to summer. Um, what are we drinking today? Well, <laughs> because when I ordered all the wine. Yes. They didn't have anything out yet. <laughs> it wasn't exactly fall at that For, time. No, it wasn't because you guys uh, order bulk. Yes. Because we do this podcast. Um, and as you know, like we record multiple episodes at one time. Well, In advance. Yeah. And that way, you know, you guys are getting what you're wanting and we're not missing anything. Missing <laughs> any episodes. We're trying. Um, I did not order any holiday wines right because they weren't there but we'll save that for december yes we will have some i promise so this one (laughs) is a pineapple mimosa uh you know what actually saying that out loud there is no right or wrong time for a mimosa no, and I you know am down what? for this. You I am down for this right now. Drink this when you're making everything in the morning before there you your go. family comes yes, over. Yes, ma'am. I support that yes. 100%. Thank you for, yes. And it just, it says on the back of the bottle, it says, just say so law. Vibrant, fresh fruit juice makes this sunny sipper as cheerful as it is convenient. Perfectly mixed and ideal for enjoying any time. So right there. Anytime. Open it up. Enjoy it before all the family comes. While you're cooking. Yep. Cheers. Not bad. It doesn't smell great, but it's not bad tasting. I don't really necessarily think it smells bad. I mean, it doesn't necessarily smell good either, but it's not, no, it's not bad tasting. It is um, very juice. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can taste like the, almost like the pulp. Yeah, it's very, very juicy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it says, with real fruit juice, the proof is in the pulp. There we go. <laughs> my my taste buds did not disappoint me. No, they didn't. On the nose. So, I know that you hate unsolved cases. <gasps> but Why? This one was recommended to us by a fellow listener. Her name is Tina Sackman. So you, always giving the listeners what they want. <laughs> she tagged us in a post on Facebook, and I figured it wouldn't hurt one bit to get the story out there. And it's actually all over TikTok. What? 
I have not seen it until I went to TikTok and entered in the name. Huh. So, grab a glass. Grab a friend. And let's dive in. Chance Engelbert was born on December 3rd, 1993, and grew up on a ranch in Burdock, South Dakota. He was a bareback rider who went on to attend Laramie County Community College in Cheyenne, Wyoming. He attended college on a rodeo scholarship, earning a degree in diesel mechanics and welding. Oh, so like bareback, like bareback horse. Yeah, I took it as like bareback horse or like bareback bull, like riding. Oh, 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 maybe it is a bull. Yeah, because he was in the rodeo. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. And got his degree in diesel mechanics and welding, which... That's a good career to be in. Heck yeah. Um, He lived in Moorcraft, Wyoming with his wife, Bailey, whom he married in October of 2018. Around seven months later, in May, their son, Banks, was born. It was said that Chance was a hardworking husband and father, and in 2019, Chance was scheduled to start a new job at a propane company after the 4th of July weekend. Can I just say that I am... Officially obsessed with the name Banks now. I know. I thought it was that cute, That is adorable. Too. I thought it was cute. That is so cute. So, here is Chance riding. Oh, okay. Now, that's a horse. That's not a yeah, bull. It, yes, it's a horse. <laughs> okay. So, he could... Uh, so, bareback, really, horse and bull. That's crazy. Wow. I mean, right? Like, I would have done... Fell off of there. No, I'd have been... No, yeah. And then, here is Bailey Chance... <gasps> And oh Banks. my goodness. Yeah. What a sweet little family. Well, Chance was spending the weekend that summer visiting ba- Bailey's family in Nebraska when a disagreement came about on July 6, 2019. And this led him to take a walk to cool down, as anyone would. Sure. And of course, he's expected to come back home, but when a thunderstorm rolls in, he disappears along with it. The thunder rolls. <laughs> I'm sorry. Inappropriate. Yes, but that was good. Just the setting. It just felt right. It's okay. Um, it's unclear of what events transpired that day, but Chance had been golfing with his father-in-law and other members of his wife's family when it was reported that an argument started over Chance's new job that he was supposed to start at the propane place. Between him and... His father-in-law. Okay, so it's not between him and Bailey. Right. And he had he had accepted it because he had been laid off from the coal mine. Mm-hmm. The accounts vary about the nature of the argument, how much the group had to drink. Mm-hmm. They're golfing. Of course, they're, they're drinking. absolutely drinking. Right. But in the end, it had made Chance upset, as it would any man. Sure. You're trying to support your family. Right. You are... You got laid off. You're trying to do the right thing to get another job. It may not be... The ideal job. Right. But it's money. It's income. Absolutely. And I, you know, I support that. Right. Well, Chance had called his wife, Bailey, to come to get him and told her he wanted to return home to Wyoming. While at Bailey's grandparents' home, the couple got into an argument about Chance wanting to leave. When this, when his wife refused to leave, this led to Chance calling a friend to come and get him. But the friend was unable to help due to the long drive. Mm. So Chance was said to start off walking the 35 miles toward Torrington. Oh, my God. 35 miles. That's a, that's a long that's way. That's a long walk. While he was walking, he did call Bailey around 7.46 p.m. and his friend to inform him of, or to inform them of his plan. But he was last spotted July 6, 2019, 
on a surveillance footage walking through the intersection of Terry Boulevard and Stable Club Road in the suburb of Terrytown at 10 p.m. I have to tell you that I, I don't know if you guys watch that show. Um, Which one? I think it's called See No Evil. Yes, I have seen that Where one. it's all of, like, the surveillance footage of mm-hmm. these people's last whereabouts. Not only do I hate unsolved, mm-hmm. you know, mysteries and murders and crimes and stuff like that, but that show is the most eerie thing to watch. Mm-hmm. To, like, see, like, to know that, like, in, the, pre- in the presence of no person that they might be with or you know, they're normally alone mm-hmm. and it's like this is the last time you're seeing these people you have yeah. no idea what's coming next you have no idea what happened and there's just something about that show and the idea that this man was last seen on a surveillance camera it's like so eerie right it gives me it's, like i have goosebumps it's just a weird incident <sighs> um he was wearing regular jeans plaid shirt and a trucker's cap He's five foot nine, medium build with brown hair. He was probably wearing boots too, by the way. Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> the last text message from his phone was sent just after 9 p.m. that day, and it was to his aunt. Hmm. Which contained and this doesn't doesn't really equal, like it doesn't add up because if he was seen at the intersection at 10. Mm-hmm. But uh, the last text message from his phone was sent just after nine. Mm-hmm. And, of course, all articles say different things. Sure. Um, so I went with the in-between yeah. of all. Giving um, it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. <laughs> um, but apparently his phone, he sent a text message after 9 p.m. that day, and it was to his aunt, which contained a jumble of numbers and emojis. What? But according to his mother, Dawn... She questioned if someone else had his phone because he never used emojis in his messages. I was just about to say, like, one of the things that I always find very interesting about, you know, these types of cases, and it happens a lot on, um, you know, See No Evil, mm. is, like, the interactions that... It's so funny how we can really truly be identified mm-hmm. through those types of conversations. I know for a fact that, like, if, if you text me something mm-hmm. and there's, like... What are they called? Anagrams. Not anagrams. Um, If there are shortened versions of words, Mm -hmm. it's most likely not you. Oh, yeah. Because, like, you and me both are very adamant. Like, we text in full sentences. We've always done that. It's just very natural for us. Well, a lot of times I'm using talk to text. Absolutely. So, it's happening organically for Mm -hmm. you. You know, for me, I type. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's always full sentences. Punctuation is always something that I do. Mm -hmm. Um, I might misspell a word every now and again. But, like, that's, you know, I think that 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 would be a red flag for both of us, specifically, if we were to get a text message from each other or from, you know, one of our significant others. You know, it's just amazing that these days that's something how you can really truly identify whether there's, like, a problem or a threat. It's just interesting how that dynamic has changed over time. And just like, I was like my husband never uses emojis. Like if he were to send me something with an emoji, I would be like, oh, like that's kind of weird, you know. And like we have five friends. Oh, absolutely. We have like all of our locations. Yeah, no matter what. And you guys, I just want to stop you here because you know, I I know, I know that some people don't really love that invasion of privacy. I get that. I totally understand. Um, But. It all, for us at least, it started really with me and Brittany. Mm -hmm. Um, We were both working as home health 
uh, CNAs Mm -hmm. at the time. And so we were physically going to people's houses that we had never been to before. Um, And we didn't always feel safe. They weren't always in great neighborhoods, you know. And so we, we found this kind of, you know, like software that came stock on our iPhones that where, you know, it would show our location and we would even like text each other before we would leave for like our shift and be Mm -hmm. like, Hey, you know, just keep an eye on find my friends tonight. Make sure I'm where I'm supposed to be because like, I'm going to this new house. Like, I don't really know, you know, and we never truly felt in danger. Right. But just knowing that somebody was like looking out for us. Right. Always made us feel better. And it really just grew from there. Um, we don't use it in any type of malicious way. No. At all. Um, all of our friends are on it. Like, yep. and there's a group of, uh, is there six of us? Um, five. There's five of us. Six. There's six of us. Yeah. And we are all on Find My Friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to point out that, like, you can turn it off if you want to. If you're, right. you know, trying, like, for for instance, like, Brittany just recently had a surprise birthday party. Like, mm-hmm. we all had to turn our friend finders off because, yes. like, she would look at it and be like, why is, are oh, all yeah. of my friends in this one place? Um, you know, but, like, my point is, though, I don't want you, I really would encourage all of you girls to, you know, in your group of friends, utilize this as a, as just a safety precaution. Yeah. Um Utilize it in the right way. Don't utilize it as a defensive mechanism or some sort of a way to spy on other people. Like, literally just use it as... And there'll be times that I look just to see if Michelle is at home or at work for the week. I was just getting ready to say, like, sometimes I will check it before I call one of you to make sure that you're in a position where you could take my call. Yeah. Opposed to texting you, whereas, like... You know, if, if I, I see, see you driving down the road. Right. If I physically see you on the middle of the highway, I'm not going to call you because, like, I know you're driving and yeah. I don't want to interrupt that. So I'll shoot you a text message. But if I need to talk to you and you're and I see that you're at home, I'll go ahead and call. Yeah. And so, you know, I just, I don't want people to think that this is such an invasion of privacy that you can't utilize something like that for protection. And we really do rely on that a lot as, mm-hmm. as a group of friends. So turn it on. Keep it on. Only do it with people you trust. Like, if you don't want your spouse to be on there, don't add them. But, like, add your best friend. Yeah. Add your mom. Oh, I've tried to add my spouse. He don't really care. Add somebody. I mean, me and my me and my spouse use it. Will and I do use it. We keep it on all the time. But, again, like, our situation is obviously very different from maybe your personal experience, listener. But turn it on. Add somebody. Add your mom. Add your best friend. Like, just utilize this. Because it really is something that we think... It has benefited us. Agreed. And it makes us feel safe. That was a very long tangent. I apologize. Please continue. It's okay. So, according to his mother, you know, he didn't use emojis. So, she was thinking someone else had his phone. Well, the ping from his cell phone was off of a tower on County Road 19 near the Riverview Golf Course. Just west of Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. Shortly after that, his cell phone was shut off. Ooh. See, that's another red flag when the phone, like, just completely goes off the map. So, here is... Oh, those are, like, that's his whereabouts. Yeah. So, apparently, here is from where he walked. Mm-hmm. And this is where he would have been going. Mm-hmm. But... I'm sorry. Does anybody know, like, where exactly he was actually going? He was supposed to be walking the 35 miles to Torrington. Which, but, I mean, no specific... What, what I mean is, like, no specific... It didn't say place in. in Torrington. It was just like that's where he was headed. I don't know if it was the friend's house. I don't know if that's where. Interesting. Yeah, it didn't specify. Um, 
there was a thunderstorm, like I mentioned, mm-hmm. that had went through the area around 9 p.m. as well. And his, his wife believed that he had taken shelter in a nearby barn or building. Well, yeah, I mean, if he's walking. Right. Makes sense. <laughs> well, her grandfather apparently went out searching but said there was no trace of him. Oh, my gosh. That's so disheartening to know that, like, people are physically driving around looking for you. And can't find you. Can't find you. Ugh. Despite a massive search involving 17 law enforcement agencies, drones, divers, cadaver dogs, and hundreds of volunteers on foot, horseback, and ATVs, as well as several searches led by friends over the last few years between Garing and Torrington, searches that have covered over 2,400 acres by foot, 280 miles logged with Air Link, and another hundred hours logged with the state patrol helicopter, Chance is still missing. Just disappeared without a trace. He was 25 years old at the time of his disappearance. Do we know um, how early on in this they reported him actually as, like, missing to the police? There's not a lot on the story other than, like, these private detectives trying to find this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um so-and-so get, you know, this family member getting a lawyer. And but like, there's no, like, information about, like, his wife t- couldn't, like, find him at this time, and they decided to call the police at this time. Like, there was no, like, I'm definition. assuming after her grandfather went out searching and there was no trace, that's when she was like, hey, mm. he's missing. So, within 24 hours, then, yeah. most likely. So, this is Chance. Oh, look how handsome. And this is... Definitely just one of your, like, your good old country boys. Yeah. Like, the definition. That's the search party. Yep. <sighs> and so, of course, <clears throat> the rumors of the disappearance have led to a split in both... Between both families. Oh, I hate that. And given all the speculation over each family's role in the incident, which I was not even about to try to put in every incident or every... (laughs) Well, whenever it comes down to family dynamics. (laughs) Right. Like, we would have been here all night. Right. There was one rumor that Bailey had a family member, and this was just in a lot of the articles. Uh As, like, speculation? Yes. That um, a family member had just poured fresh concrete, but that rumor was squashed because the police department... They've investigated it. Okay, so they so, say that's not yeah. the case. Nope. Okay. Yeah, fresh. Unfortunately, when people go missing, fresh concrete is kind of a red flag. Right. <laughs> Polygraphs have been administered to the family members and anyone who has been involved in the case. There was a bone fragment that was found and sent over to the crime lab, but due to the age and the condition of their waterlogged bone, the lab was unable to complete testing and sent the frag- fragments to a lab in Florida. And results are still pending. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry. Can you... uh, When did this take place again? This was in 2019. Oh, okay. So, fairly recently, then. Yes. He disappeared July 6th of 2019. I I would have to wonder if, like, a bone fragment that would be what I would consider from 2019 to now, like, still fairly new. Yeah. I mean, like, how much exposure to the elements does it really need to be inadequate for testing? You know, I mean, that's like a really interesting thing to think about. It just said it was waterlogged. Well, yeah, but I mean, you have to think about like, I mean, we find these remains of people who have been in the desert or in bad conditions for years and they're able to test them. So it's like that bone fragment is probably not his if it's 
been too waterlogged for testing. Like, it's right. probably really old. Right. You you would think. And it might not even be a human. Right. Exactly. At this point. I mean, we've come across you, that you situation know. in several of our cases. Um, the location and the circumstances of, Ch- of Chance Engelbert remain unknown. His family does state it's not his character to just leave without warning. His wife also doesn't believe that he would have left his newborn baby, who was three months at the time of his disappearance. So new. I don't... It would be hard for me to think that a father would leave their son at three months old. Well... I feel like that's a big thing. I think it is a huge thing, but I think even, like, speaking more, like, specifically to this case, Mm -hmm. he didn't seem to be a type of guy who felt like abandoning his family was an option. You know, I mean, he had a conversation with his wife about wanting to move their family about, you know, he wanted to include them in that. And right. so it doesn't sound like and he called his wife and was like, hey, this is my plan. I'm walking. Yeah. Like he told her, you know, he told her where he was going, what he was doing. You know, mm-hmm. people who plan to disappear. Right. Why don't normally tell people where. Right. People don't normally tell. And not to mention, like, he's golfing with and his father-in-law friend. the day. Yeah. Like people who are. Trying to, you know, who might be in the characteristic of just getting up and leave, like, you know, who don't, right. who don't have strong family ties, they're not just going to go golfing with their father-in-law. Right. Like, to me, that sounds like he was very, you know, active in his role as a father and mm-hmm. as a husband, um, and, and wanted, you know, wanted to take into consideration his family's wants and needs. Oh, and I agree. I, I think that... Anything could have happened. Someone else, you know, could have went after him or, you know, anything could happen. But it just, why would he call his wife and his friend saying, hey, this is what I'm doing. Right. I'm walking all the way to Torrington. You should expect me somewhere around this time. This is what I'm doing. (laughs) And if you were going to disappear, why would you call? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't seem like that's something that somebody was planning on doing. Fortunately... There's really not much more information. Um, if you have any information, please come forward and contact the Garing Police Department at 308-436-5088. There is a reward, but I honestly don't feel like I should have to mention that for that to be a motive I, for someone uh, to tell I, the truth. I agree, but if, you know, so, if, if but it motivates you to come forward, it does. give some money. And you want some money for it and remain anonymous either way. Again, Chance is a white male, five feet, nine or ten inches tall, light brown hair, hazel eyes, and weighed 195 at the time of his disappearance. He also has a scar on his hip and was wearing a short sleeve Wrangler shirt, Wrangler, Wrangler jeans, a belt with a BRCA buckle, roper boots, and a black and white trucker hat. Please call the Garing Police Department at 308 436 5088 or Crime Stoppers at 308-632-7867 with in, any information of his whereabouts. Mm. You know, it's so it's so terrible to hear. And and I think this is one of the reasons that I hate like those unsolved cases is when you just want to go help solve them. You want exactly, to go search. Not, yeah, it. like you want to go and help and you want to know, you know, like, what happened, especially in this case scenario where, you know, like we said, he was a family man. He, you know, had this new baby. There were so many, you know, he had just started this new job and he was, you know, really in a position where he, 
leaving just wouldn't have made sense. And so it leads you to know that, of course, he was, you know, most likely met with foul play. And it's just so terrible to think, you know, that his family might not ever know. Right. And that's sad. It is. It's, It's extremely sad because, like, I just, you know, one of the things that we, you know, talk about so much again going back to the friend finder and stuff like that is 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 safety between us and we're very lucky that you know if one of us were to go missing we know that like everybody in our group oh yeah would be going non-stop like right. looking for us and figuring it out um this is actually a really great segue cuz i think we were planning on talking about this um before and it kind of got lost in our Thanksgiving discussion. But oh, yeah. um, so one of the podcasts that we listen to um, and is very, very well known, which, of course, is Crime Junkies. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they're kind of like the um, like the first, you know, like yeah. they were the ones that like opened it up, you know, um, them and My Favorite Murder were like the two podcasts that really like just set the scene for like true crime podcasts. And um, one of the things that um, we've recently done and take this as you will, it, it might sound morbid to do so, but um, one of the things that we've done recently is we have filled out a um, form that Crime Junkie has on their website, and I will link that in the show notes. Um, but they preach all the time about their If I Go Missing folders. And um, this is something that I think everybody should have. I think it's something that everybody should, um, you know, keep and have probably even multiple copies of. Right. Um, they've done a really great job of giving you just an overall template that you can fill out mm-hmm. um, about yourself, about your um, physical appearance, about your frequent locations, the type of car you normally drive, your normal route to work. Mm-hmm. Um, it also includes a page where you can include like social media links and your username and passwords to those things. Um, anything that might aid the police department in finding you mm-hmm. or gaining some form of information as to what you've been up to these last couple of days right. before your disappearance. Um, obviously, I think that some people might find this as an invasion of privacy, but how many cases do you hear where the police can't get the phone records because yep. it's in somebody's personal name. Mm-hmm. You can't, um, the phone's turned off, so they can't ping it. Mm-hmm. How many times, you know, do, do you come across, you know, your i the, the whole iPhone debacle, how they're not allowed to open up the iPhone, you know? Um, this folder just gives everybody who needs to be looking for you the information as to where to start. Right. And, um... If you see it as an invasion of privacy, I think that I could understand that. I would say to that, instead of not filling it out and not having one. Just fill some of it out. Fill it out and then trust the person who you tell it exists to. Yep. Um, There is a portion on the document where uh, you can list the people who know about the folder. So... Maybe you are in, and I pray that you're not in this situation, but maybe you're in a situation where you don't want your spouse to know this folder exists. Right. Okay, great. Fine. Tell your best friend. Yep. Um, give it to your best friend. 
uh, give it to your mom. Mm-hmm. Give it to your dad. Like, whoever. Brother or sister. Brother or sister, yeah. You know, whoever you feel comfortable. Like, it, it doesn't have to be a specific person. Um, it doesn't have to be your spouse. But, like, anybody who, like, if you were to go missing, who can come forward and say, hey, I have all of this information. I don't know if it'll help, but here. Mm-hmm. Like, here. Um, and so, I just, like I said, I printed it out. Um, we, me and Candy have both filled ours out. And, um, you know, we both know that they exist. Um, and, you know, we both know where those folders are located if something were to ever happen. Um, so, like I said, I will link that into our show notes for this specific episode. Um, because I just feel like anything that you can do to, you know, hopefully, like, our, our hope is that nobody ever has to use it. Exactly. Like, that's, like, that's the overall hope is that, we, you know, we never have to use it. But, I mean, we just, in the space that we're in, we know that that's maybe not a possibility. Like, we know that there is a potential situation where people just disappear. And if the police had some of the information that's in these folders, maybe they could help locate Chase a little easier. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, I'll link that in the show notes. Keep that up to date. Um, something else that they also have talked about is um, having a DNA test kit Ooh. in their freezers. Um, this is a, a kit. I don't have the information on it right now. Um, if I find it before this episode posts, I'll I'll link it in the show notes. If not, it'll be in the next episode. But... Um, I do know that there is a, like a DNA kit that you can purchase. I don't think it's very expensive either. Um, and you can swab your DNA yourself. You can swab yourself and put it in this secure kit and it stays in your freezer. Hmm. So like if, you know, again, if you ever go missing or something happens, Whoever knows about this DNA kit, again, it doesn't have to be your spouse. It doesn't have to be any, anybody specific. But whoever knows about this kit can instantly provide that to the police. And they can match your DNA with any, you know, other DNAs that need to be tested against a missing, you know, person's database. The, you know, it's your DNA and it's obviously been given, you know, to them by you. So, um, that is something else that I would also encourage. It's not something that we've, uh, that we've done, but, um, I, I just think like, like I said, I mean, just having those you things can never be too prepared. Yeah. Like it, it's just not possible. And so, you know, some of the things that I think it's just super important because we hear too many, we hear too many oh, yeah. of unsolved missing person cases and, It's just so disheartening to know that, like, if maybe, if maybe they had had this one piece of information that they, they could, they could solve this and give the the, the family some peace. It's just something to think about. Um, again, like I said, I'll, I'll link both of those things in the show notes. If not on this one for the DNA kit, I'll, you know, put it in the, uh, next episode. So, um, please tell me though that you have something that's going to bring us up because I just went on a very long tangent of some very dark shit. So, (laughs) so, um, weird drinking laws in our 50 states, Alabama, if you're trying to find any beer bottles larger than 16 ounce, you won't have any luck in Alabama. Any beer bottles larger than 16 ounces are not allowed in the state. Plus you'll have to choose your county wisely as there are many dry counties throughout the state. 
So, your standard... Oh, and provocative or profane labels are strictly prohibited in Alabama. So, like, do they not sell tall boys? I was just getting ready to say, like, your 40-ounce beers, like those big those big ones. And then a tall boy is normally, like, a very standard thing that we can get at a gas station here mm-hmm. in North Carolina. Yeah. Um, and I know that that's more than 16 ounces, so. Interesting. Um, in Alaska, it's actually illegal to be drunk in a bar. Arizona has drive through liquor stores. Hey, I could get on board with that. Mm-hmm. I like it. In Arkansas, if you're older than 18, but younger than 21, and you are caught with alcohol, you will not only get a fine, but you'll all, but you'll also have to write a themed essay on liquor, wine, or beer. What? <laughs> Challenge accepted. Apparently in California, you cannot display alcohol within five feet of a store entrance or within five feet of a cash, cash register. Uh, it says that your legal rights of riding a horse while intoxicated stop at the state lines of Colorado. <laughs> a horse is considered a vehicle. In Colorado. Yep. And you can get a DUI. I think you can get a DUI on a horse anywhere. I was just getting ready to say, I think we've already debunked this. Um, yeah. I do believe that not just in, in Colorado, but in any state, they have stated that you are not legally allowed to ride your horse drunk. No. Um, and that you will get a DUI because you are in control of the horse. That's the whole reason you're riding it. Um, Connecticut does not let you stock up on beer. In restaurants, taverns, and cafes, you are only allowed to buy up to four liters of beer, and it must be for off-premises consumption. What if I go to four different stores? Uh, it doesn't specify. <laughs> I feel like that law is very easily skirted around. Um Alcohol sales in Delaware are not allowed on big holidays such as Christmas, Easter, and Thanksgiving. So you better plan accordingly. I was just getting ready to say, like, that is, like, probably one of the biggest sales date. I mean, I always, for Easter, we always have, like, wine. For Friendsgiving, we always have, like, spiked cider. And, I mean, Christmas, there's eggnog. I mean, come on. Like, (sighs) Florida, alcoholic beverages are prohibited during hurricanes. Again, I need the alcohol more during the hurricane. (laughs) Georgia. Depending on where you are in in the state, public drinking may be allowed. However, it must not be seen. (laughs) So just put it in a wine tumbler that you bought from Caruso's Custom Collection at our merch store. In Hawaii. You do the crime, but your parents do the time. (gasps) What? Hawaii will give DUIs to minors who are drinking and driving. However, their parent or guardian will be the one who is required to go into an educational alcohol abuse class. Okay. um, And it's also illegal to have more than one alcoholic beverage in front of you. Few states, including Idaho, do not allow liquor license to be given out to more than one person for every 1,500 people. If you're looking to acquire a liquor license, be prepared to wait a very long waiting list. 1,500 people? Mm-hmm. Just recently, in 2017, Illinois raised the penalty from a business offense fine to a Class 4 felony to import 45 liters or more of liquor into the state without a license to do so. That means if you bring more than 108 liters of wine or 118 liters of beer into the state without going through the proper hoops, you're looking at a minimum of one year in jail. Oh, my 
my god! So we cannot go to Illinois. Okay, hold on a second. 108 Let's, liters. I was about to say, can we do the calculation? Because I know that, okay, we've established already that a bottle is 750 so milliliters. Theory, 144. Okay, yeah. We won't have 140. No, miles. I think that we can successfully yeah. go to Illinois and not be. Um, um, Indiana, it's illegal for grocery stores and convenience stores to sell cold beer. It's saved for the liquor stores. What? Yep. Where? Indiana. Indiana cannot sell cold beer unless it's in a liquor store. Otherwise, you have to buy it loop piss warm, like piss warm. Yep. Iowa, uh, no more putting it on my tab and blissfully walking away. You're not allowed to leave a running tab at a bar. I could see that. I'm sorry. I've I've left a bar a handful of times and forgot to close my tab. Um, Kansas continued a statewide ban on alcohol until 1948. Additionally, residents and visitors of Kansas could not buy a drink on premise at a bar or restaurant until 1987. Wow. How? having bars though if you can't buy a drink on the province then you don't have a bar agreed uh kentucky it's illegal to sell alcohol on election day <laughs> they don't want anybody getting drunk before they go vote uh in louisiana drive throughs are allowed to serve alcohol in louisiana and the state considers them to be closed containers In Maine, establishments are not establishments are not allowed to sell alcohol on Sundays before nine a.m. unless it's St. Patrick's Day. Unless it's St. Patrick's Day, that's a fairly uh, uh, in North Carolina. It was before twelve. Yeah. Until just a couple of years ago, uh, Maryland. There's a limit of how much alcohol can be brought back into the state of Maryland. What are with all of these different laws about alcohol crossing state borders? Like, how many people are are I don't understand. Like, I might grab a bottle of wine from a vacation to bring home with us as, like, some sort of, like, a sentimental type thing, you know. But, like, I'm not – how many people are actually transporting this much much alcohol across state lines? What are you doing? For whatever reason, Massachusetts holds a grudge against happy hour. (laughs) They wouldn't like us. Not only is that upsetting, but public drinking games are not allowed. Mm-hmm. Michigan, uh, they're not allowed to advertise that they sell pints of beer. But they do. Uh, before you get too upset, they're not allowed to advertise it unless they are serving all 16 ounces. <laughs> so you can only buy all 16 ounces. There's no alcohol sales on Sunday in Minnesota. Mississippi, it says, don't quote us on this, but Mississippi is said to have no open container laws for drivers. So you can just drink and drive all you want to. But don't go crazy. It only applies if the driver stays under the 0.08 national legal limit. Which is just about everywhere. I mean, that's Um, pretty standard across the board. I will say it's very interesting, though, like what is actually considered an open container. Because there are, like, laws about it. Um, Some people, and this is all speculation. Maybe this is something we should do some research on. But... Um, like what's considered an open container is very different according to not only states and counties, but all the way down to like cities even. So like I 
have been told, again, I don't know if this is true, but like if I have drank half of a bottle of wine at some point and I mm. put the cork back in it and put it in my fridge and then I decide to come to your house three days later and bring the rest of that wine, mm. I have to put it in my trunk. Yeah. Which I've been told is the furthest away from the driver and is not accessible to me as I'm driving. Mm-hmm. But technically speaking, as far as I have read, they could still technically charge me for an open container even with it in my trunk. See, Because it nuts. is open and it is a container of alcohol. See, that's crazy. So it's, like I said, there's a lot of like crazy stuff that goes along with like what an open container actually is. Um, Missouri. It's unlawful to provide beer or other intoxicants to an elephant. <laughs> to your elephant. It's illegal to sit on the curb of any city street and drink beer from a bucket. I support that law. You should not be drinking your beer from a bucket. I'm sorry. Uh, Nebraska, uh, the Liquor Control Commission makes it illegal to have any physical contact or PDA with a bartender. I can't kiss my bartender? Apparently not. Ugh, I object. Um, Nevada, home to bars that can stay open to 24-7. What? They're allowed to open, t- their bars are allowed to be open 24-7. In Nevada. Mm-hmm. And it's not a crime to be drunk in public. Yeah. Um, this, so, Nevada, I guess, but, uh, which makes sense, because Vegas. Um, but New Orleans has, like, very, like, loose... Mm-hmm. alcohol laws like where like um you can buy like drinks to go oh yeah there in new orleans which i find very interesting because it's absolutely not something that you can do here in north oh, carolina no, not at all um new hampshire uh set upon itself to make drinking and or picnics illegal in the graveyards okay i support that you mm-hmm. should not be drinking wine during a picnic in a graveyard let me just go ahead and say you shouldn't be having a picnic in a graveyard. You shouldn't, but... Wine or no wine? Um, New Jersey. Apparently, if you get a DUI, not only will you pay the price, but you're also not allowed to get a personalized license plate for your car. Boo! That's no fun. New York has the same thing about um, alcohol cannot be sold before noon or after 9 p.m. in stores. Mm-hmm. After 9 p.m.? I will say, um, our liquor stores in North Carolina, even though the law did change around, like, buying alcohol on mm-hmm. Sundays did change, um, our liquor stores are still closed on Sundays. Oh, yeah. Um, North Dakota, it's illegal to serve beer and pretzels at the same time. People love beer and pretzels. What's wrong with you? I don't know. That's like a bar favorite. That's what I thought. The nasty bucket of pretzels where everybody stuck their hands mm-hmm. into. That's like a bar special. Ohio, it's illegal to give alcohol to a fish. <laughs> I think we talked about that one time. You cannot get your fish drunk. Nope. Which you shouldn't be doing. Oregon, any location with a liquor license must also serve at least five different food items. I, I, I actually can get on board with that. Um, oh, yeah, I can. I mean, I, I I do agree, like, even if they're not, like, full-on meals. Like, I think that whenever you are at a bar, you should have the option for food. Because, I mean, let's face it. I mean, that is something that can help you, you know, kind of pace yourself and sober up. And mm-hmm. not to mention, I mean, food, as we've talked about before, accentuates alcohol. Like, right. a lot of people pair drinks with food. 
And some people don't like to just drink. Like some people specifically like to drink with food. And so I think that it's important that you should at least offer some sort of like an appetizer. In uh, Newton, Pennsylvania, allegedly a man cannot buy alcohol without the written consent of his wife. I love it. Happy hours allowed to occur in Rhode Island, but it appears that it cannot be broadcasted. (laughs) So we can have it. We just can't talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) Beer and wine can be sold from 7 a.m. to midnight on work days and 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Saturdays and only from noon to midnight on Sundays. And the alcohol by volume must be under 17% on Sundays in Texas. Uh, In Washington, it is illegal for businesses with liquor license to play music, have dancing or other forms of entertainment without first getting permission from the proper authorities. West Virginia bars are technically illegal if you don't also serve food. Mm-hmm. It also has it, it is also illegal to bring more than 10 gallons of alcohol into the state for personal use. Again, who's bringing all of this out? out? I don't It has to be moonshine. Has to be moonshine. But moonshine in general is illegal, so it would be illegal to transport any amount of moonshine whether it's in across state lines or not. So that can't possibly be what they mean. Somebody has to transport the alcohol. If you're not trying to go to jail for up to a year, then you better not let the authorities find you drunk in a mine. Not only that, but it is illegal to do business with an intoxicated person. Women cannot drink in an alcoholic beverage while standing within five feet of a bar, nor are residents or visitors allowed to ski while drunk. I don't like Wyoming. Yeah, we're not going. (laughs) We're not going. And that interesting alcohol facts five feet is okay women aren't allowed to drink within five feet of a bar yep so what does she do when she enters the bar i guess you can't that's (laughs) insane and it said of course before i read those like right don't hold us to it those might not be true lord or still in effect is really what we mean oh gosh well I hope that you guys all have a fantastic Thanksgiving uh, holiday with your friends and with your families. Again, if you aren't implementing Friendsgiving, we would highly recommend it. Yes, do it. Um, Definitely check out the show notes for the If I Go Missing folders um, because we would definitely recommend that you all fill one out and tell somebody that you trust where it is um, or provide them a copy. You guys stay safe during this uh, holiday week, and we will catch you in December. Yes. Yes. Bye. You can join our freaky little family both on Instagram and Facebook and find all of the featured photos from this episode at Sips of Crumb. For a chance to have your story featured on one of our future episodes, send us a Gmail to sipsofcrumb at gmail.com. And you can find all of our episodes wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we would really appreciate you giving us a five-star review because it really helps other people find our podcasts and our episodes. Thanks for listening. Stay alive.